0: Hello, I'm Becky Hadid, host of The Storied Recipe. As my weekly guests share their stories through the vessel of cherished food memories, we all become better cooks, more grateful for the gift of food, and we honor those that have loved us through their cooking. In this episode, Robert and Lisa share fond memories and hilarious stories of the annual event in Robert's family, the making of the boiled Christmas puddings, If the holidays are a time for catching up with beloved friends and family, for laughter, and taking a respite from the drudgery of everyday life, this is the ultimate holiday episode. Between high school and college, I spent a gap year in Japan. There, I met Robert, truly one of the funniest and fun-loving people I know. After that year, we stayed in touch as he met and married Lisa. They raised their family in Japan. Our families only see each other every four or five years. But those times, as you will hear, are as joyful and familiar as if we saw each other every single day. Good evening to you. It's good morning to me.
1: That's right. I've got my coffee. What do you have? I actually made tea. Oh, of course you did. I was like, we're going to be talking about tea, I'm sure. My mother's brother, Jack, I love visiting him, but we always have tea in the evening. Mm. and He's always like, do you want one tea bag or two? We like the tea very strong in my family. My my aunt is, used to always say, brew it till the spoon stands up. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> mm. Let's talk about pudding. Yeah. What the heck is a pudding? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you ate
0: it, right? Because I, I, I well... I, okay, so this is the biggest flop that I've had so far. Oh no. Which, which no, it's it's okay. It doesn't surprise me because, well, first of all, you know, you gave me like multiple recipes that aren't even the same, <laughs> and, then, and then and then I decided to cut them to one six, and then and then worst of all, I never really boiled them. I just kind of left them in tepid water for overnight. <laughs> so they're not going to be successful that way you know i'll make it again to photograph it and it it always goes much much
1: better so this pudding question okay so Uh, the rest the recipe is basically for a plum pudding a boiled plum pudding okay we always call it christmas pudding but my mother my mother used to always say it's just a plum pudding recipe
0: right and then just different add-ins
1: different add-ins yeah that you know, that they made it their own, I guess.
0: So I'm getting on the phone on Wednesday with someone who's British. So she Mm -hmm. may, she may answer this question differently, but I'm asking even like a broader question and just about your recipe. I'm really asking when you or anyone uses the term pudding, what does that refer to?
1: I'm actually super excited that you're talking to her because I have an answer to this question, Okay, but I want you to check it. Okay. Okay. I, I think in the UK that they call dessert puddings.
0: Then what's a Yorkshire pudding? Because those are like have see, beef drippings. and.
1: It is interesting because a York, my mother used to always make Yorkshire pudding on Sundays. And we would oh, have really? gravy. And, and roast beef. So, and roast beef, Yorkshire right. pudding with gravy. But then I also saw a recipe for Yorkshire pudding just recently where you served it with honey on it. So it was sweet.
0: Well, and I talked to an Ecuadorian girl last week who makes her quesadilla
1: sweet. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) my whole world has been turned upside down by this podcast. (laughs) And I'm also like, I watch Nigella Lawson all the time. Uh Uh-huh. And she always talks when it comes to like her meal she's making, then she says, oh, I need to make the pudding.
0: Oh. And then she makes
1: a dessert.
0: Okay. So So that's that's one theory.
1: That's my theory.
0: Now, what was your mom's heritage?
1: My mother was Canadian. Both of my parents were Canadian. All of my grandparents came from England after World War II.
0: Okay. And do you know anything about how the recipe originated, how far back it goes?
1: Um, I know that my great-grandmother was the one who started making it to like give to everyone in the family as a Christmas present. Okay. Well, that's as far as I know, but I have this sneaking suspicion. It's like It's like those families who have a famous chocolate chip cookie recipe, and then they find out it's like on the back of the Toll House. (laughs) 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 I think it's it's just a recipe that like everyone made in England, right? Pudding, right? Right. But then Uh somehow it came into the family, and then all of a sudden it was the secret recipe. Well, maybe she was that one that added the currants or something. That's, like right. That. <laughs> That's right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, so your great grandmother was she in Canada at the time that she started making this and giving it as a gift?
1: Well, see that I don't that I don't know, but I'm pretty sure if my mother remembers it, then it would have been in Canada. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, because she my my mother was born there and she came to the United States when she was like 12. See, I never knew any of my grandparents. My grandparents all passed away, like, before I was three years old. Okay. So I don't really have any memories of them, actually. My memories are of my mother and my aunt making this recipe mm. and talking about their mothers. Mm. Yeah, but when my mother when they lived my mother lived in Canada, they lived in this big house that had been divided into four apartments. Oh, really? And, With and other all, family? All four apartments. They were all my mother's family.
0: Oh my word, it's like Buckingham Palace. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but
1: the poor version. But the poor version. <laughs> <laughs> and my mother always talked about it like it was just the most wonderful time of her whole mm-hmm. life. It was just wonderful. And her older brother was always like, it was awful. We were poor. You know. mm. She was the youngest. She was the youngest. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, But there mm. are so many things that I think, oh, that's just like missing in our culture. Like, mm. like when their grandfather died, like all the grandkids had to take turns at night going and sleeping at granny's house. So mm. she wouldn't be by herself, you know. And I just always love those stories. They just seem so close. Yes. And then now, you know, we're spread all over the world and. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's just just kind of a lost art.
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but this pudding,
0: this pudding memory is one of those that you did get to participate in.
1: Yes, yes, mm-hmm. every year religiously.
0: So tell tell me tell me about the memory of making this pudding as a family.
1: They always made the Christmas pudding at Aunt Carol's house. Okay, so who's they? My mother and her cousin Carol. Okay. They were in charge of it. Mm -hmm. And I always the the first step, as you know, from the recipe, I guess, is, you know, you have to mix all the raisins and the peel and all that. It has to sit overnight.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So my aunt would always do that by herself.
0: Before you guys came.
1: My mother would come, you know, the next day on a Saturday and do the rest of it. And so I never really witnessed the first half. Yeah, but their mothers used to always make the puddings together Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and then when they passed away, my mother and her cousin, they took on making of the puddings, Mm. you know, and it was, I don't know, just funny things came to mind, like you have to, you know, wrap the puddings in a sheet. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Well, it was always like, who's going to get the sheet and Mm -hmm. where are we going to get the sheet from and Mm -hmm. did, did you go to the butcher and get the suet, which we'll talk about later probably.
0: Yes. And We're surely going to talk about the this. <laughs> and you know, the funny thing about the sheet, I actually, last night was standing in the kitchen, just basically spinning around in a slow circle, like where the heck am I going to get a sheet? <laughs> and then what I ended up using is an old crib sheet. And I was like, I guess we don't yeah. need this crib sheet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Well, I didn't want to say that, but a lot of times it was an old sheet. Mm-hmm. You know, and my mother would bring it and it can't, Carol would be like, now, Connie, did you watch this? Like, <laughs> Your mother
2: would say yes, whether it was true or not. And the
1: funny the funny thing is like, even today, you know, it was like they, it was like a 50 50 thing. Hmm. Like, Carol, you buy all the ingredients and then I'll reimburse you. To this day, I'm like, I don't know if mom ever really did reimburse her or not. <laughs> <laughs> but, ever. But no supposedly they did and but they had such a fun relationship you know yeah i mean did your aunt? my mother would be be pouring in more whiskey and carol would be like oh oh con con (laughs) 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 you're gonna ruin (laughs) it did your carol did your aunt carol like
0: resent being the responsible one and did your Uh, mom no. No. no 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 she saw the value in your mom's personality
1: yeah I think maybe I'm making it bigger than it was, but right oh yeah, you're a good storyteller, you know yeah. you're telling a good story, so it might be that it was a little bit more even than I'm describing it to be, but mm. they had a very special relationship, and they talked to each other every day, and they just loved making the puddings together, yeah, you know and then they'd get it all finished and they'd be like okay well, I, we got we did it one more year carol <laughs> <laughs> everybody had to come and stir the pudding for good luck mm-hmm. so everybody came at some point during the process to stir the pudding they would be making the pudding and when it was all made in this huge bowl uh-huh then you had to stir it for good luck the last stirrings They'd be like calling, Where's Andy? Where's Andy? Then he's not going to get to <laughs> stir the pudding and calling everybody. Then they'd get people to stir the pudding another time. And they'd be like, Okay, somebody has to stir for Aunt Marg in Canada because she's not here. And somebody has mm-hmm. to stir for Debbie. And somebody has to stir for. Her. Oh. And so they would stir. stir for <laughs> they would stir for the family people who couldn't be there. So it was, it was so thoughtful. It was just fun. And yeah. And. All the stories they would like, like Aunt Mom and Aunt Carol would like say, "Oh, well, my mother was like this, and my mother was like that." And they love to laugh, and they they would always forget to put something in. Like they'd be almost finished, and be like, "Oh, we didn't put in the flour, or the the (laughs) eggs, yeah, or the eggs." And then, and even memories I have of my mom, like Aunt Carol would put in the alcohol. Mm-hmm. And then my mother would always just, like, dump in more. Yeah. <laughs> like, she never wanted to follow the recipe with alcohol.
0: Well, the recipe, you know? I think it does just say, go around the bowl two times
2: fast. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And then
2: Robert's mom would go I around again. And, get, you know, <laughs> and then,
1: Vic, then, you know, it has fat in it. Beef fat. Well, and then, raw egg. And raw yep. egg. And then they would taste it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not nearly as <laughs> appalled by that as you are. <laughs> but I remember as a kid being like, you want to taste it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> when Robert and I first got married and we took our kids to go stir the Christmas pudding, mm-hmm. I was just totally grossed out by the whole thing. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Which part of it grossed you out?
2: The suet. I was yeah. When they told me what was in it, the suet mm-hmm. kind of was the part that pushed me. I really didn't even want to eat it, but... Now that, I don't know, it's been 17 years of
1: marriage,
2: (laughs) I'll eat it now.
0: (laughs) Well, those are two different things. I'll eat it and she likes it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I enjoy having just a small piece and I leave most of it for Robert.
1: I love it. You genuinely like the taste of it. I generally, now if I ever made it myself, I'd leave out the almonds. Oh, really? That's the only change I would make. But yeah, I love it. So... It sounds like when you said,
0: you know, we took the children to stir the pudding, it sounded like a pilgrimage you took with them.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we're only there in the States one year out of every four or five. So
1: right.
2: we, we had very few times where we actually could do it. So, yeah, so right.
1: the first time William was in, Isabel was kindergarten. William no, was... they
2: were babies at first. Really? Were we there? Well, that I had already? pictures of them as babies. Okay. Um, we put the spoon in their hand. And <laughs> stir. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's mostly a photo op,
0: you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, the photos you sent are absolutely adorable. <laughs>
1: it works as a photo op. Oh. But the ones I sent you the photo of when <laughs> Isabel was in kindergarten and William was saying, great, that was the most fun time
0: because oh yeah,
1: they can remember it now. They were like knew what we were doing, and we have pictures of them with my mom and yeah, that was that's the most fun one for me.
0: William's smile is totally angelic (laughs) that one he was a very angelic like cherubic looking
1: kid he was yeah now he's mm. 16 (laughs) Mm.
0: yes still one of the sweetest 16 year olds I've ever met (laughs) Mm. so you mentioned that your aunt Carol and your mom would talk about all these memories of their Mm -hmm. moms do you remember any of these or any of them worth sharing
1: I remember thinking that my mother was a lot like her mother, and Aunt Carol was a lot like her mother. Hmm. Like, my mother was a very messy cook, and she was (laughs) a very simple cook. Mm -hmm. And I think her mother, hearing stories, was very much the same way. Mm -hmm. And Aunt Carol and her mom were more like cookbook cooks, Mm -hmm. you know, and made more elaborate things and baked and Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. which one are you more like
1: I guess I'm more like Aunt Carol for sure yeah that's what I would say but then what Mm -hmm. life was like when they were growing up and not just about the pudding but just about life
0: right you Mm -hmm. know and just
1: Mm -hmm. life was cold things stick in my mind where like my mother was like my mother bought this flowered couch for the living room, and my dad bought flowered wallpaper that was just exact <laughs> exact same as the couch and papered the wall behind it. <laughs> and my mother it, always slept on the couch because she didn't have a bedroom. Oh, as a child, as yeah. A child. yeah.
0: This <laughs> so, is this is in the house with the four apartments.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. So,
0: I mean, it would be hard to find a bedroom for every kid with four families. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. so. Mm.
1: But they seemed so happy. I don't know if they really were.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. So you had this family that was so close. It lived together. How did part of it, your parents and your aunt Carol's family make it down to the U S
1: my dad. It's funny. Cause both of my grandparents, my dad's father and my mother's father both worked at a wire weaving factory mm. called Niagara wires. And, that's actually how they came to Florida. They were transferred with the company Okay. to the U.S. And so my dad moved down with his family and my mother moved down with her family. And then they eventually got married years later. Okay. Well, and, so, and
2: I, I remember the, them talking about how they all took the train from Canada to, oh yeah. to, to Quincy, Florida. Mm-hmm. And just the culture shock of coming from Canada to Quincy, Florida mm-hmm. in the... What years? can't even remember. No. I can't remember. No, it was. It had to have been the. It had to have been the early fifties. Yeah,
1: probably. But and was, what? What was well, shocking?
2: Quincy was an agricultural community, and everything was like and the like
1: seven thousand people.
2: Yeah, and it was all very segregated
1: at oh, that time, and so mm-hmm.
2: yeah, they did talk about that. I remember hearing stories yeah, about. Yeah,
1: like total culture shock.
2: Yeah, they grew tobacco in Quincy at that time mm-hmm. and yeah. Mm. So they
0: experienced the U.S. as kind of like the backwards place.
1: Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. As I was thinking about that just this week. I was like, I remember thinking to myself, oh, we're special somehow because we're Canadian, but I'm not sure why. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was definitely an outsider to married into the Canadian family.
0: Uh, did you did you feel like it was different, like Canadians were different than Americans when you came into the family, Lisa?
2: I did. Well, I felt it was a very I felt like that they were a very tight-knit family because I didn't have the experience of growing up with all my cousins around me all the time. We lived in different parts of the US. So mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely felt like it was a very close family that I was marrying into and that I was a little bit of an outsider because I was not Canadian.
1: <laughs> hmm.
2: Even though I was mm-hmm. from Florida, so same state that they were in.
1: Hmm. When my parents came down, they my grandparents came down from Canada to start this factory and they moved a lot of families down and all mm. of those families became like my grandparents' friends. Mm. So it was always like everybody we know is Canadian. Right. And yeah. Somehow that's how it's supposed to be. I'm not sure why. <laughs> yeah. And so even people who were yeah. related, you called aunt and uncle. Yeah. We call yes. them all aunt and uncle, you know, yes. because they were Canadian.
0: And you know, part it's
1: of our friend group.
0: Yeah. It's oh. so interesting to me because I don't really, I'm actually fascinated by this because, you know, this was John's experience, for instance, right. You know, his dad mm, came from yeah, Palestine. Yeah. I don't think of Canadians as foreign. We're North Americans, right? (laughs) Exactly.
1: Yeah. But
0: it sounds like there really was some kind of, and it's undefinable, but there was some kind of cultural difference.
1: And I think too, maybe it was very, it was very rich in English history too, because of my grandparents had Mm -hmm. not really been in Canada that long.
0: That's a good point. Yes. I
2: think they had the mentality, like we all have to stick together because we're the Canadians. Yeah, we have to survive together.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, and another thing I just thought of was my parents always talked about going home. Mm. Like, like they would say to my aunts and uncles, are you guys going home on summer vacation? Are you going home this year? And
2: right.
1: somehow Canada was always home. Mm. And here in Florida was just like where we live. Mm. <laughs> you know?
2: And Robert's parents um, never became U.S. citizens. No, they never They did. kept green cards the whole time they were mm. living in, in Florida. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. My other aunts and uncles did become American citizens, but they never did. Hmm. So
0: did you guys do stirs for the Canadian family members? Yes, we did. Yeah. Uh, and they were doing stirs for you. So you get double good luck.
1: <laughs> well, no, I don't think they ever made it. Whenever the Canadian family asked for the recipe, they would say, no, we'll make them and send them to you. They were the keepers of the recipe. Because both of their mothers moved to fl- we're in Florida. Yeah, both Before of their mothers that. moved right, to Florida. Right. Every year they'd make the puddings and they would mark them like this is for Mar and her family for Christmas and this is for Debbie and her family. then they would mail them back to Canada with a Mm. Christmas greeting. Mm. Now, did Aunt Carol
0: or your mom do that? Aunt Carol did for
1: sure. (laughs) I had a
0: feeling feeling you were going to say Aunt Carol. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Did your mom reimburse her for the postage? (laughs) They would divide the puddings and take them home to boil and, Mm. you know. Ultimately, sometimes my mother would boil the puddings when she was supposed to, and sometimes she wouldn't. And Aunt Carol would always be like, "Did you boil the puddings?" And then, <laughs> and this this is not part of the recipe, I don't think. They always put uh, the saucer from a teacup in the bottom of the pot. So I, no, this is this is a big
0: okay. Let's let's start talking about these puddings,
1: <laughs> okay? Yeah, let's just go
0: to the puddings. <laughs> okay. So first of all, <laughs> what I might need you to do is type one up for me. <laughs> there are so many pages of recipes that you sent me. <laughs> okay. Some are like completely splattered. Have Jack? So Jack actually did this with me last night. He did more than I did. And he was like, Mom, this is totally like a technical challenge in the Great British Bake Off. He's like, I have no idea what's
1: happening here. <laughs> Like there's strange. I can understand that. There's strange tally marks. On one of <laughs> that's how many puddings we had to make. That's what they're, the tally bars are. It just says like three dash large, and then. <laughs> oh, it's gonna make me start crying because it's like, okay, Becky, the one with the horse that's drawn in the corner with all this stuff. Oh. I didn't lie until I cried looking at that recipe. Because <laughs> oh, you're right, because that's
0: I see it now, like I couldn't read it, but now that you've explained what it is the tally marks, like I see Jack and David, Bob and Bob and Bob
1: and Khan, that's my page, Bob and Khan, David, Jack, Jack
0: and Doris. Oh, mm-hmm. and, um, and the
1: sad part is the people who are crossed out.
0: Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs>
1: And then they'd be like, oh, she's gone. Oh, poor so-and-so. And uh, they would cross her out. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm sorry. When I saw it, I was like, why not just put, like, a little X? <laughs> <laughs> why just, like, so bitty lies through their name? But, you know, Aunt Carol was the, you know, the keeper of the recipe. Mm-hmm. and. I do remember, like, my mother would be like, how many eggs? How many eggs? And she would get the recipe out of her apron and unfold it. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, so many eggs. And then she'd fold it back up and stick it back in her apron pocket. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but So I don't know how it got so dirty. The tally marks are for how many puddings. And then it was always like, okay, we need one large one for Christmas. We need one Whoa, large one for okay, New Year's. Okay, well... The-
2: because when you wrap them up at the end, you know, you have these squares of sheet that you've cut.
1: Uh-huh. But then you also
2: have these little strips of sheet. And when you tie that around it after it's inside, you know, you, you put it in and you pull the fabric together and you wrap it with a little strip and you write the person's name with a marker. Oh, yeah. Um, the little sheet tag. Oh, where, where do you get the tags? Oh, Not that's, a tag. on, on, that's on the strip. The little yeah. strips that you cut, that little leftover pieces, cut into strips, and you tie them with that. And
0: okay. You write your
2: name on the strip.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, so that was one of my questions. What, what does what does tie it off mean? Does the square have to be
2: big enough that we knot it, or do you do you put a little bow around it's, it? it? It's not. It's not very technical. They no. Tied so they tie a knot. They tie a knot and they write the name so, of the person on the end of the little piece um, of sheet, strip of I, sheet.
1: I wish we could all go back and be there. <laughs> I I, wish we, I know I wish we could make it together, but this is good. This is good. So yeah. So we and opted with this is like a square of sheet, right? Uh huh. And I can I can see it just as vividly now as I was the fun there. My mother would put it on the table, and she'd use both of her hands and she would spread it out flat. Yes. <laughs> and then my aunt would take a big spoonful of the mix and be like, like right. <laughs> right in front of her then mom would be like no we need more and she'd uh-huh. some more and she's like okay <laughs> this is a big one carol this is a big one we need more <laughs> this, is,
2: this is a large this is a large
1: and then she'd tie it up and hold it and then one of the kids like she'd you know bring gather. all the edges together and gather it and then one of the kids would tie the a strip of sheet mm. around it nice and tight and she'd be like wrap it around twice mm. And then they write the name of who gets it on there.
2: So So
0: what is the texture supposed to be?
1: It holds its shape. It doesn't spread. Okay. It maybe spreads a tiny bit, but it doesn't okay. spread. No, it does hold its shape pretty well. And once you're once once you've tied it up, like the bottom feels kind of damp. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And my mother used to always pick them up and pat it and say, oh, it's just like a baby's bottom. (laughs) (laughs) So you should try that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Even now when my cousins make it, they always pat the bottom because that's what you're supposed to do.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) And
0: I did not get the part about you can stack them on aluminum plates as you boil them. What is this
1: about? It's just to keep them from sticking together or... Okay. They, they, they usually put
2: something in the bottom of the pot.
1: My mother always put water. an upside-down saucer from a teacup. How so big of a pot? So that Help sit it sit on the bottom.
0: Okay. How big of a pot did she use?
1: It was not too big because she'd only boil like four or five puddings. Like a small stock pot? Yeah. Okay. And then when it's all over, they'd be like, okay, Con, you take margs and you take the christmas one and i'll do this one
2: <laughs> right
1: <clears throat> and then my mother would always boil them and she'd have a small one for our family and she would just eat it by herself before anybody got out <laughs> the next day <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so becky went at our wedding robert's uncle jack um, his mom's brother made the groom's cake which was a fruit cake. Uh huh. And then we had it icinged with you know pretty icing and fondant and all that. Uh-huh. Well, Robert's mother sat at the groom's cake table, <laughs> like basically guarding it and <laughs> making sure people actually liked fruitcake before they she... took some because she wanted to take it all home with her.
1: <laughs> she did not want a morsel to go to waste. I know. She'd be like, "No, this is fruitcake. Do you like fruitcake? Because if you don't, then you should not eat it." <laughs>
0: I think that's very reasonable. <laughs> okay. So then that was another question of mine that we've started to address is the size of these. I had mm-hmm. no idea, but that's because the sizes varied dramatically.
1: Yes. Yeah. But you so boil like, them for the same amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. So our family, little ones at the top of the pot. Oh. So usually
2: we receive one from Robert's cousin. Even now, she mails it to us from the U.S. to Japan. Yep, every mm. year. So she boils it and then she freezes it and then she puts it like in a freezer pack and mails it to us. <laughs> it comes completely uh, defrosted. Yeah.
0: Why? Why is the freezing even necessary? Because of the beef suet.
1: Well, actually, it's not because my mother always said if you hang them, if you hang the pudding in the kitchen and let it dry, uh-huh. then you can just keep it. You know, like. On the counter till Christmas. Wait.
0: Maybe mine was not as much of a disaster as I thought. So they kind of are meant to come out kind of wet.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. They're very wet. Very wet.
0: I think ours did
1: work then. And not, it's like not pretty. No. (laughs) It's it's pretty when you slice it and put the sauce on it, like on the plate. Uh Uh-huh.
2: It looks a lot like fruitcake then. It looks
1: a lot like a fruitcake that's been dunked in water. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like. For a a cake. soggy fruitcake. <laughs> mm, Merry Christmas. <laughs> you know you can let it you can let it dry out and sit because before you serve it you have to boil it for another hour. What? In, yeah. in, in the sheet. In the sheet. Oh, so I was not supposed to unwrap the sheet this morning. Now sometimes my mother would put would take it out and tie it up in a new sheet if she wanted it to look prettier. You yeah, know.
0: because the sheet kind of got like a, speaking of tea, it kind exactly. of got like a weak tea color to it. Color, it does. Yeah. So back to the size, what's what's a small one and what's a big one? Like
2: compare. Yeah, I was going to say the one that we usually receive from his cousin well, in the mail is about the size of a grapefruit, I'd say. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's like for our family. but Because okay. really, our kids won't eat it. It's very rich.
1: You know, it has a lot of fruit dried fruit in it. A lot. That's yeah. the
0: majority of it
1: really. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And a
1: little flour to hold it all together.
0: Mm-hmm. Well and and the and the beef suet.
1: And yes. the suet, yes. yeah.
0: So let's turn our attention to beef suet.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: I had never heard of beef suet before. You're kidding. I'm not kidding. Maybe it's well, because I don't make puddings. That's right. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. but you know it's basically have you heard of lard right i have heard of lard yeah it's basically lard beef suet is made from the fat from a certain part of the animal but i can't remember what it is the kidney i think around the kidney believe so i think so yeah How, do you guys do you, have you ever made steak and kidney pie never <laughs> never and I wish
2: mother made
1: I it, love. i love steak and kidney pie Well, the kidney comes with a lot of this hard white fat around it. And that's what they make the suet out of. So they just grind it up, I think. Yeah, it's ground up. And, you know, interestingly, if if you go to the UK, you know, you can buy suet in the grocery store. Yes,
0: you can't here.
1: You cannot get it here, there, yeah.
0: So I got... Or
1: here. uh,
0: So I got peanut suet, (laughs) which is, I guess, like a... A vegan, yeah, or vegetarian option. But I was going to ask you about that. I mean, obviously, your family still makes this. Where would you suggest that I go to get beef suet for the official version?
1: They used to always go to the butcher and order it. Okay. And be like, I need, you know, two pounds of suet. And somehow they would get it for them. That's an awful lot of suet, two pounds. I don't know how much it was. It's a huge (laughs) recipe, right? right? It is a huge recipe, yeah. Yeah, so... And it's a,
0: it's a critical part of it. I mean, there's no way that this would hold together if it weren't right. for the fat. I mean, there's just no way. It's like putting mayonnaise into a <laughs> potato salad or something. Like, that's
1: what makes it <laughs> sticky, you know? <laughs> the funny thing is when you stir it all together, right, then the the fat is like these little pellets.
0: Oh, like, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. That, are, that are all through it, yes. you know? As those heat, they melt.
0: Yes, that's one thing that I read about the beef suet is it has a very low melting point. That's why it works to boil it, whereas something, um, you know, it's not like you have to roast it at four hundred degrees, right, it's over,
1: right. only two hundred twelve degrees, right? So and then when, as the pudding cools, it solidifies again and makes it into the cake.
2: Okay, the shape, shape
0: you or the shape tied you've it tied
1: it into. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. When you stir that in. How do you break it up? Like, do you use your hands? Do you break it up?
1: When you order it from the butcher, it comes, like, ground up. It looks like okay sausage, sausage meat. Okay. Pure fat sausage meat is what it looks like. And it just crumbles. I see. So the best thing you could do is you're, if, say, you're going to use butter instead. Uh-huh. Which a lot of recipes do.
0: Oh, okay.
1: If you freeze the butter and then grate yeah. it on a really fine grater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That gives you that same, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to really try to get the suet. I did read that you can get it from Whole Foods, which actually really surprised me. Me
1: too.
0: Yeah. Wow. So I'm going to give it a shot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you don't have a local birth- busher you can ask? Yeah, you don't have a local birth- I, I do, actually.
0: I do. I'm going to go there first. Yes. I noticed that you gave me three different sauce recipes. Mm, and now. Yeah. Lisa, you said your favorite is
2: the hard sauce,
1: brown sugar
2: sauce.
1: Yeah, the brown sugar sauce is the one my mother used to always make. Flour,
2: brown sugar, salt.
1: What does that say? One cup. <laughs> I can't even <laughs> read it myself. Baking. That's sometimes. hilarious. You got butter that. and vanilla. It looks like bakery water, but that it says yeah, yes. I know. <laughs> I water. What rhymes with oh. water
0: that? Uh, butter, whirling, whirling butter.
1: Water. Boiling, 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 boiling water,
0: boiling water. Oh, one cup. Good. <laughs> well done, Lisa. One, one tablespoon po- butter. So yeah, so there's no alcohol in that.
1: No, no it's no. just a brown sugar sauce. And then you, you heat it till it, get, it gets super thick, mm. like a, mm-hmm. almost like a caramel. Mm-hmm. And then you just put a little bit on top. But I don't like, really like the way the pudding tastes and those people put a lot
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you put it on
0: top of each slice or
1: on top of each slice? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, my mother used to like to eat hers with just milk poured over it. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh. Well, she also used to take cream. She also used to take shredded wheat and pour boiling water over it. Oh. And then wow. dump the water out and put milk on it. So. Wow. <laughs> Um, this is one thing that I think is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. The puddings that my cousin makes now—they're just not quite the same.
0: And why is that?
1: I think it's because every year, my mother and Aunt Carol—they would stir the pudding and they'd be like, "Oh, it needs more flour," you know. "Oh, it needs a little bit more liquid." Like they kind of knew. Yes. After all those years, what it felt like. Yep. But I, I wish that they would have done more of like, you know, like, hey, you kids come over here and stir this for how it feels. Mm-hmm. Not just for good luck, but kind of because if you make it yourself, you need to know what it feels like. It's kind of like making bread. You know, yes, when it's ready from the kneading only after a lot of practice, you know. So, yeah, so
0: let's talk about the future of this tradition.
1: What do you see? That's the sad part because even my cousin, when when we were talking, she was like, she was like, we thought about not even doing it this year, Mm. you know, because see, my for my cousin Jennifer, I don't think she even likes to eat it. Mm -hmm. She likes to make it because of the tradition, right? But and there's still family in Canada that they mail it to, but fewer and fewer. Yeah, you know. And I think I mean, in a way.
0: Everybody's kind of assimilated as Americans.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody who makes the pudding now is an American, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Do you think that growing up, again, I I didn't until this conversation think of you as <laughs> living like an immigrant life. You know what I mean? Like I, I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. have compared your life to John's, but it was actually very similar. Do you think that that kind of better prepared you to go overseas, like spend a life overseas?
1: No. Well, yes and no. No, because Japanese culture is so foreign from American or Canadian culture.
0: It's certainly a bigger leap.
1: Yeah, it's a bigger leap. But at the same time, I have told my kids before, Okay, well, my grandparents were born in England. My parents were born in Canada. I was born in the United States. You were born in Japan, technically. Mm -hmm. Where are your kids going to be born? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So there was this sense of it's not that strange to move to a foreign country and raise your family there.
0: No, it's actually part yeah, of your family's heritage at this point.
1: Part of the heritage, yeah. And so, mm. like, and well, you, Maybe my grandkids will be born in, in England. We'll become full circle. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> I, I, you probably saw
0: this question, and I don't know if you remember. But when when I was living in Japan... You told me about a tradition, I think it was your mother's, and it really profoundly affected me. And I've done this for many years. Do you know what this is?
1: No. You don't know? I saw the question I thought about. It. I was like, well, I couldn't remember if it was from my family or my my family now, like Lisa and I. No, I think it was your mother. I now I, I was be like, promised. is it the pineapple Christmas tree topper? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> was that a family tradition? Well, that's that's what we have now in our house, and <laughs> my kids are always like, why can't we have an angel or a star? <laughs> why do you have a pineapple topper? I saw it in a magazine. I was like, oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it represents hospitality in the deep um, south okay but that's isabel, a perfect Christmas tradition it's like jesus come
0: on in to the exactly
1: inn. isabel especially is like can't we just have a star <laughs> 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 she
2: feels, she, feels she needs to explain to her friends when i come over why we have a pineapple on the top of our tree <laughs> it's a great conversation oh my
0: no but you told me that like stockings stockings n- nope no, no. Every every year, maybe it wasn't your mom. Would memorize Luke one and oh, two. Yeah,
1: that's right. Yep.
0: This was your mom.
1: That was my mom, and she would say it. She would tell say it to us. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. She would it to us.
0: Yeah. Every Christmas morning.
1: I've forgotten about that.
0: Yep. Well, I have to tell you, it actually completely changed my Advent experiences. Well, I, I I memorized it for several years until it got to the point that I knew it so well I hardly had to memorize it, and memorizing Luke one was so powerful for me. Where there's Mary's song and particularly um, Zechariah's song,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which I think is like oh,
1: yeah yeah the
0: most beautiful poetry in the entire Bible. So yeah,
1: well we I, have a we have a kids. Uh, uh, book we read to the kids during advent mm. and one of the lines in that kids book is i am the angel gabriel who stands before the presence of the lord and i just whenever i read that i just start crying and i the kids are always like the kids are always like can mom read story? <laughs> <laughs> and i'm always like it's such a beautiful story that's why i'm crying it's just incredible story it How can is.
0: you not cry? <laughs> just the last question, I think. Um, and it's related to this this tradition that your mom passed on to you. So, Robert, can you just tell me a little bit about what a Christmas morning was like? Or did you did you do Christmas Eve? Or Christmas morning was kind of like your big event as a no, child?
1: Yeah, we did we did a Christmas morning.
0: Okay. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about what that was like?
1: Well, we always did Christmas Eve at my Aunt Nancy and Uncle Andy's house. Okay. And we all the cousins were there in our pajamas, and and Santa Claus would come, which was our my uncle David always dressed up mm-hmm. as Santa Claus. And then we would go home, and then Christmas morning, my parents my parents never put out any presents until like after we went to bed, and then the presents <laughs> would appear. Mm. And we still do do that with our kids. Were they we from them.
0: Santa, or were they from your parents? It was
1: like half and half. Okay, mm-hmm. but. My dad was always a beer drinker, so we left cookies and beer for Santa every year. <laughs> 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 the next morning we would get up and the presents would appear. We'd open our presents and my mother would make breakfast mm-hmm. like uh, with like all the, the fine china.
0: Oh wow, Christmas
1: morning breakfast, which we still try to do that with our kids
0: too. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. <laughs>
1: You know, but the Christmas morning was always really slow because we get up early.
0: Oh, of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And yeah, that was special because my mother always tried to make it super special. And Mm -hmm. we'd always have, you know, tea and teacups while we opened our Christmas presents. (laughs)
0: Mm. And when would she do the recitation?
1: She would do it the Christmas morning while we had breakfast.
0: While you had breakfast. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: Um, At least we had laughter. We always had laughter.
0: Yeah.
1: It was great.
0: Yeah. Well, that's certainly something that you've carried on.
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) So my final question is, what will Christmas look like for you guys this year?
2: We usually try to go and see Christmas lights somewhere in the city on Christmas Eve if we can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think we'll do that this year.
1: We're always like, well, what's the point of living in the largest city in the world if you can't go see great lights on Christmas Eve?
2: <laughs> <laughs> and they do have. This is in of, Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, in Tokyo, <laughs> they'll have lots of lots of places to see Christmas lights, and yeah, so that's what we'll do on Christmas Eve. Yeah, you know, get, our really nice. get our Starbucks, yeah. and you get our Starbucks, wander around. Will you get tea or coffee?
1: coffee
2: coffee okay cocoa for the kids
1: yeah yeah that sounds lovely i'm looking forward to it
2: well this
1: has been i'm almost like sad that this is over i've been looking forward to it so much i know well thank you for doing this i'm so excited to see the pictures and yeah and i did want to tell you the pictures that are on your blog already are just spectacular thank you very much well have a good christmas you this too. Was like this was like a great thing for us this year. Thank you. This
0: was great for me too. Thank you very very much.
1: If yeah. I ever get my Christmas cards out, you'll get one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're working that's, on it. That's
0: that one part that you have of your mother and you. <laughs> that's right. I know. <laughs> All right. Take care, Robert. Thank you. Care, bye. Baby. Bye, Lisa. Bye. Thanks again to Robert and Lisa for their friendship and for sharing their hilarious and also their poignant stories. On another note, if you are still looking for the perfect gift idea, I wanted to tell you about a free product I've created that might be just right. Because all of us in the storied recipe community value not only our treasured recipes, but also the stories associated with them, I've designed a printable recipe booklet just for you. The packet has three pages a cover page, a recipe page, and a story page. You can personalize it by printing as many recipe or story pages as you'd like to share with your friends and family, then filling them in by hand. The design is attractive but simple, so it will work on any colored cardstock, and more than likely, you'll even be able to print it at home on your home printer. Just print it out, fill it in, make as many copies as you'd like, wrap a bow around the booklet, and you will have an elegant gift that comes straight from your heart. To download, simply go to thestoriedrecipe.com and click on the Resources tab. On a final note, I will not be publishing episodes either next Wednesday, Christmas Day, or the following Wednesday, New Year's Day. I'll be back on the 8th of the new year. And coincidentally, continuing the theme of puddings and an enlightening interview with a professional food journalist in Great Britain. Can't wait to catch up with you then. And in the meantime, I hope you all have a lovely holiday season, my friends.